And now for greater details on those market moves, I'm joined by Tamsang Aneta from Shiloh Capital. Tamsang, good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us. All right, Tamsang, let's just talk about the rand. I'm seeing a pounding <laughs> um, of the rand, really just not having um, a good time. Let's talk about the performance throughout the week and what we're seeing today. Yeah, so uh, the fundamental or the underlying basis of the differential between the rand and the dollar is often the difference in the exchange rates in the two economies. So we have a scenario in which uh, we have some strong si supply-side inflation that's causing or is sticky, and our interest rate hikes are not so dealing with it efficiently, whereas in the U.S., uh, the interest rate hikes are really tapering down the inflation and managing it in a, in a good way without hurting the labor market. So we now have a scenario where the inflation differential between the U.S. and South Africa is very broad, uh, which leads to the devaluation of the rand. Well, I'm actually glad you mentioned the U.S. inflation um, picture because that's been something the markets have been digesting all week. In fact, I think we've had two um, Fed officials come out to say that they feel like the the U.S. Fed should have actually increased interest rates by more than what they did um, recently, and that's on the back of this week's print. What do you think, Tamsang, and do you think that we can now ex you know, expect more hawkish behavior here? Yeah, I think the first thing is to recognize is that they initially assumed inflation was transitory, that it was just going to pass through, and that's not the case. Mm -hmm. And then the second bit was the assumption that interest rate hikes would trigger a recession mm -hmm. where you now have a scenario where the labor market seems to be unaffected by the interest rate heights. So we now have a scenario where uh, the market is willing and ready to be corrected uh, off the huge amounts of quantitative easing that have happened over the last years and are willing to accept that change uh, in credit and, and interest rate dynamics because they see it's not necessarily causing a full-blown recession. All right, now let's move on to some company news. We've got quite a few updates coming out today, starting with APSA. Now, they have actually cited uh, impairments in Ghana as, as something that investors should uh, be looking out for. Let's just talk about that picture um, of, you know, the Ghanaian sovereign issue and that debt crisis and how that's trickled into APSA's performance. Yeah, I think uh, in general, um, APSA is one of the few, along uh, with Standard Bank, that are quite active in the African continent. And uh, the earnings in other regions do affect their book. However, the size of their operations in those countries is not as big as the size of their operations in South Africa. Uh, secondly, they have a, they've had a very strong performance in their life insur insurance business. And they've also looked to list on the A2X to broaden uh, access to their stock. So I think EBSA over time will continue to thrive in this market. The key elements to watch will be around uh, the credit, which is the mortgages especially, and see how the interest income will be derived going forward. Uh, Ghana and Kenya and the markets of, the, of that nature are not as sizable as the South African market. Antanjanga, we are still seeing banks being able to strike a balance in this high interest rate environment. Um, it's not even a high interest rate environment. We'd say it's normal, actually, um, for South African terms. So, you know, we're not seeing those impairments affecting books yet. So consumers are struggling, but they're paying their debts. Yes, and uh, typically these sort of things take 18, 12 to 18 months to reflect. Um, and also you've got to look at the new... Uh, mortgages, new credit creation that happens. Uh, the up, the decline in that is an indication of what interest income might look like in the future. But presently, the the structure of uh, the credit that's exists in the market has been given with uh, a lot of caution and a lot of risk management. 
All right, staying with financial services, let's move over to Discovery now. Um, they're one of the countries that have been adversely affected by the reopening of China with their Ping and Health um, InsurTech app really not seeing the new business that it's enjoyed in the past. But let's just talk through this performance also just lower than um, anticipated HEPs and IPS. Yeah, so, so Discovery has taken quite a strong stance in investing in uh, other, other categories of their product offering. Uh, especially in the UK, with example, with their vitality offering. Um, if you look at their numbers, there's good growth in those offerings that are outside of their traditional insurance and investment market. Um, China is inevitably going to affect their book. They've got a significant exposure there. But overall, their liquidity position, uh, as well as their products, I think will continue to win over time. Um, they'll continue to manage that well. Uh, they've restructured the board, or there's uh, four members of the board that are leaving and coming on. So you might get or you would get new or revised ideas on how to carry themselves forward. But the key element to watch is the investment they are putting in into alternative products that are outside of primary uh, insurance products. All right, let's move on to DISCHEM now, to the gender-neutral um, temptation of us all, um, the um, Tamsanga. It is the lights in DISCHEM that confuse us, I'm convinced. That revenue is up 8.7%. They were early to get their generators and better results. And this is actually a trend that we're seeing with many retailers. Those who are quick to act with the generators are the ones who are showing us positive numbers now. Yeah, for, for them, it was uh, growth by acquisition. So the purchase of Baby Boom... And, and the relevant baby sector um, acquisitions have added a big chunk to their bottom line. Uh, they're able to grow their earnings quite significantly uh, and have even declared a dividend. Um, so for them, the key element is they've added a, a selling or a new product line to their distribution, uh, and that enabled them to, to grow. Uh, the baby industry is a very huge industry, uh, and now they've got a strong foothold uh, coupled with their clinics and their pharmaceuticals uh, I foresee they're going to use that to make uh, good, good earnings going forward. Yeah, I'll be very honest with you. The organic growth that Discam enjoys um, is something that has been fascinating to watch. You know, everything that they touch really does turn to gold. Um, I wish we all had that kind of um, fortune. But let's talk about your stock pick now. It is the ARK Innovation ETF. Why have you chosen this yes. one and what goodies are in this ETF? Um, so the ARK Innovation ETF is forward-looking. For example, Tesla is one of their largest holdings. Uh, the key element is what happened in, on, on, the, on Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. uh, the EU Parliament uh, declared that in 2030, or put in law that in 2035, they would have banned all petrol and diesel cars. So the EV market is set quite to, to, to grow quite significantly and everything that's underlying it. Um, so I foresee or we, pre we, we, we model in our thinking that uh, this ETF is going to recover based on the beating it took over the last uh, 12 months. Yeah, I hope that South Africa can um, you know, be in time for that 2035 deadline, Tamsangana. Thank you so much for your time. Have a great weekend. That was Silo Capital's Tamsangana.